Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 72nd episode of the PJ Archive. It's an interview I did with Elvis Presley's road manager and friend, Joe Esposito, who after Elvis died became an author, consultant and producer on Elvis Projects, and also worked with Karen Carpenter, John Denver, Michael Jackson and the Bee Gees. Joe died in 2016 at the age of 78. My interview with him took place in 2002 in London and I began by asking him about his own background. Well, I'm from Chicago. Uh, I was born in 1938. I was just from an Italian family. My parents were from Italy. My father was a mechanic for the Chicago Transit Authority. Right. He fixed buses and streetcars. And my mother just... Uh, Worked uh, in factory, actually for Zenith Zenith Radios, and she worked on the assembly line. Mm-hmm. And I had no direction I was going to go with my life. I was just working in an office, uh, like an assistant purchasing agent for the a little company called Like Electric, which was owned by uh, General Telephone at the time. Right. And it was nothing exciting. It was a pretty boring job. And uh, just a young kid hanging out in Chicago, and then I got drafted at the age of 20. Is there any celebrity connection in your family at all? There's no show business in my family whatsoever. I mean, there's a couple of hockey players, but they're not our family. Esposito's right. famous hockey players, yeah, yeah. Tony and Phil. But um, no, that's why my connection with Elvis Presley was so unexpected. I mean, yeah. uh, I never thought it'd be anything to do with show business. And it was very surprisingly that it all happened in my life. And I know when I got drafted, I was very mad. I got drafted early. I was only 20 years old. And I said, man, when I'm drafted in the Army, I don't go to the Army. So I was very angry for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I went to... Um, Fort Hood, Texas, for basic training. I remember when I first got indoctrinated into the service, one of the, you know, they give you a lot of lectures and talk about our being in the Army and how to take care of yourself and all that stuff. And there was one gentleman, I remember he said, well, as you people know, Elvis Presley just got drafted into the service, you mm-hmm. know, a week after you guys did too. And of course we all knew about it, papers and everywhere. And he said, if anybody ever bumps into him, I'm a big fan of his, just tell him I said hello. I said, sure, okay, fine, you yeah. know. Were you a big fan of his by then? Yeah, I wasn't a real big fan. I was a fan because it was new and I'm from Chicago and that city was more the Sinatra, Dean Martin, that type of music. But we had a lot of discussions about him because he was this new kid on the block. Right. This, what is this music? Right. And Bobby Darren was bigger at the time. Yeah. We had many discussions. Who was better, Bobby Darren right. or Elvis Presley? Mm-hmm. I, but I liked Elvis. I mean, it was all strange and bizarre. And a name alone. Mm-hmm. Who ever heard of the name Elvis? And then, you know, to see him with, you know, with the long sideburns and slick back hair and at those days we all wore crew cuts mm-hmm. t-shirts rolled up sleeves and a cigarette pack inside your sleeve and that was the way it was in chicago jeans certainly in the army you had crew cuts didn't you oh yes but then like i say then when i got drafted the odds of me meeting him i think there's probably about two million guys in the service that time so it's like you know two million to one shot then i went to fort hood texas and he came there and then i i used to see him very rarely because of a big base but uh I'd bump into him someplace. I didn't bump into him. I'd just see him. He had, first of all, on the weekends, he had this big Lincoln, red Lincoln convertible that his girlfriend at the time, a gorgeous blonde lady, driving around on the Army base, and nothing but GIs, and we couldn't help but notice her. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Elvis with her a couple times, and so I never, never met him. But then uh, about six months into the service, we got transferred over to Germany. The whole base, the 3rd Armored Division, was going to Germany. So what happened is that Elvis didn't go because his mother got sick, and he went back to Memphis. So his mother, you know, passed away, uh, and we all transferred over there, and then he came later. And then one night, I was got an office job. I was working in the office in the Army. Uh, I was a finance clerk. I'm working late one evening, and I heard all this noise and screaming outside by the front gate. And I had my friend George. I said, George, what's all the noise about? He said, well, Elvis is coming to be based here tonight. He's going to be here with her next 18 months. I said, Elvis is coming here? Said, yeah. So we stuck our heads out the window watching all the buses come driving through and naturally it was dark and nobody, all these hundreds of fans out there could not see him because it was too dark. Also, those guys with uniforms. So that was very exciting in our base. And then periodically, once in a great while, I mean, I was in artillery, he was in tanks. So we'd see him come in, driving in sometimes into the base uh, while we were doing roll, roll call out in front and so I never got to really know him. But then about nine or ten months later, I became good friends with the base photographer. His name was Wes Daniels. 
he was just in the GI like anybody else, but apparently he was a photographer, and he was told by the Army to follow Elvis around and take pictures because they were using him to promote the Army. Yeah, yeah, okay? very sensible. Right, PR. Him and I became friends, um, and then one weekend he said, Joe, he said, listen, would you like to meet Elvis? I said, I would love to meet him. He said, well, we're playing touch football this coming weekend. He plays every weekend with his friends. Mm -hmm. He said, we need some more players. You want to come and play? American football. I said, yeah, I would love to. So uh, it was on a Saturday. Uh, West took me to Bad Nauheim, where Elvis's house he had rented, and uh, took me to his house, took me inside. And before I could introduce myself to Elvis, he walked up to me and introduced himself to me. Mm -hmm. said, hi, I'm Elvis Presley. Like, like I didn't know who he was. Like you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I shook my hands. I told him Joe Esposito, and he was very nice. He said, where you're from? I said, Chicago. And he said, well, listen, he said, we're going to play football today, touch football. You'd be on my team today. He said, we used to split up teams, black jerseys and white jerseys. So uh, we all went to this field, right near his house, and we had a great time playing football. It was really a good way to get introduced to him because I didn't know what to say to the guy if I just sat on one-on-one -on -one and have a conversation with him because, you know, I didn't know if he, I would say the wrong thing because I never was around a celebrity before. I was very nervous. But that sort of broke the, the nervousness, being around him, hanging on, f playing football. It was fun. Now, I imagine he was the most handsome man on the planet. Was it stunning to look at him? Oh, yeah, definitely stunning. Stunning, and plus, he had this little grin, that which we all know what he's famous yeah. for. But it's true. It just made you feel good. Mm. I mean, he had this little grin that uh, uh, you felt warm with, you know, and it made you feel good. So And an aura? As well. Oh, definitely an aura. Mm. Definitely. That's why people always ask me, you know, what would he have all this attraction? I said, I can't tell you what the attraction is. Mm -hmm. All I know, he has it. You automatically magnetize to him. It's just like this aura around him that, that he has that nobody else has. Did he feel like he was almost from another planet, from heaven or something? Because he was so unbelievable. I think Elvis uh, was always searching <laughs> why he was the one to mm be -hmm. chosen or whatever it is, whatever power it was that gave him all this attraction to people and why they liked him so much. Mm. I mean, he considered himself, you know, just he was mm. the most gorgeous man in the world, but he was, he had this, uh, this appeal and he could not understand it. I don't know how to, how to explain it. Really, it's hard to explain the feeling you got when you're around Elvis. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. A lot of people, when he first started, were very sort of, you know, he's disgusting. He oh, be yeah. This. Were your family quite sort of anti-Elvis? Were they saying to you, you don't want to buy his records and all this sort of stuff? No, my family, as you know, from the old country. Right. Uh, and they didn't look at, i tell you what, I think it was worse than any place was in the South. Right. More than the North. Religious, I was, right. Yeah, the religious, the, the Baptist and the those hardcore religions, and they kept saying Elvis is the devil music. And but he was from there, and he was very religious. Right. Well, that's what hurt his feelings more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Later on, as we talked to him, he hated that. Why? Mm. You know, I'm just singing. I'm mm. not hurting anybody. I'm not making up these moves. I'm not, they're not dirty. They're not vulgar. Mm. Yeah, it hurt him tremendously. But my family, my parents, they liked him. My father liked Elvis because mm. he had a long, strong voice, and, and my father loved opera. And then eventually, when my father and my family met them, I mean, he... Elvis sang a lot of strong, dynamic songs, mm -hmm. and, and they, they liked him. They thought he was great. Well, at first, you couldn't help but like him once they met him. You know, my parents met him. They're old Italian people, and they came to Hollywood and met him on a movie set. Mm -hmm. He treated so nice. He, he's so wonderful to see older people. Yes, sir, no, sir. And he loved older people and kids. He was a very, very nice person when it came to that. Because of what happened to him, the damage that was done to him, and, and obviously his young demise, do you kind of look back at the early days when you met him in the army as the, the best time for you? Because he really was untarnished, and he was fresh in those days. The early days in, in, in the army, and plus maybe the first five or six years after he got out of the service, mm -hmm. he was in great shape, he was having fun, he was enjoying life, and you know he got married, and he was, you know, all those years were great, wonderful years. They're, they're just years that you can never forget. And uh, I, mean, I mean, that's the Elvis I like to remember. Mm, yeah. I mean, the latter couple of years of his life, we know he had a lot of problems. Sad, yeah. And it was sad for us. So I more or less tried to remember those days. Yeah. And to me, that was Elvis. Yeah, the real the other guy was not Elvis. Mm, mm. Something else took over.
we have a big singer over here called Cliff Richard. I don't know if you. Oh, know. I remember. Yeah, Cliff Richard. Well, absolutely. He, he claims that he went over to Germany to try and meet Elvis one day, and Elvis was out. Um, were you aware? Was Elvis aware of that visit? Uh, not that I know of. I was never told that. Right. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, uh, if he went to the house, knocked on the door, there was a German lady that owned the house. I mean, she wouldn't know who Cliff Richard was, or maybe right. never. I don't know if Cliff even mm -hmm. noticed something. Did Elvis I don't know. know who Cliff Richard was? Oh yeah, he knew who he was. Sure, absolutely, mm -hmm. definitely knew who he was. And did he like him? Did he? Yeah, he thought him? he was very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if Elvis was there, believe me, he would have met him. Right. Elvis was never a type person that I don't want to meet him. Yeah, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be that way. But apparently, you know, hey, Bruce Springsteen jumped over the wall yeah. at Graceland, ran up to the door, and we were out of town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Did Elvis like Bruce Springsteen? He never really knew Bruce Springsteen. Right. He really never. It was just Bruce didn't make it till yeah, Bruce. Yeah, he died just before Bruce yeah. took off. So, and, so yeah, hitting it, yeah. So why do you think Elvis befriended you? That is a question I will ask myself all the time. Right. I don't know if it was maybe just, we had a lot of tastes and a lot of different things. He loved English sense of humor. He's famous for people knowing that, Monty Python, Carry On Nurse movies, uh, Peter Sellers. I mean, we loved their, their humor. We just, and we la I like to laugh, and we had a great sense of humor together, and not just me, it was a group together. And we just, I don't know, I guess he had a lot of respect for me as far as doing my job and, and uh, uh, being an organized person, and when something had to be done, I made sure it was done and, and it got done. So I guess he respected me for that. And I was always there for him. Meeting you and um, seeing you on, you know, reading about you in books and mm -hmm. seeing you on films, you, you seem really decent, genuine guy, and he was really short on those, wasn't he? Correct. So, I, mean, I, I mean, I'd be sitting like bragging about myself or something like that. Yeah, but there was some people that, and I, I make this statement many times, you know, after Elvis died, he was still my friend no matter what. Mm -hmm. Just because he passed away doesn't mean he's my friend. And a lot of the people around him, betrayed him because they said and did things about him after he died that they would not have said when he was alive. Mm. So I figured, hey, if I'm not going to say something about a guy when he's alive, why would I say anything bad about him after he's dead? Because he can't defend himself. Mm. So I felt that they, they betrayed his loyalty and there's just certain things with friends should be friends no matter alive or dead. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about Elvis. I mean, yes, I don't try to hide everything about Elvis because I try to show that he was a human being like anybody. And people just, you know, he's not, he wasn't a god. He wasn't, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, and, you know, people used to call him the king. He hated that. He said, don't ever call me the king. The king is Jesus Christ. I am not the king. He said, I would never call myself that. And that's true. It's the way he felt about it. How did your acquaintance with him develop into a friendship? Well, acquaintance little by little hanging out with him. I think what really made it where he wanted me to go to work for him is when uh, he was taking karate a lot when he was in Germany. And then he wanted to go to Paris to take instructions from this little Korean gentleman in Paris because mm -hmm. his instructor mentioned to him by him. And he said, uh, and he asked me if I wanted to go to Paris and leave with him. And I said, of course. <laughs> Why not? Paris? I've never been to Paris. So we went to Paris. But before we left to go to Paris, his dad, Vernon, and I became acquaintances. He said, Joe, do me a favor. He said, please... I'm going to give you all the money, you pay all the bills, bring up all the receipts, keep an accounting of it, so this way we know where it went, because if you give it to Elvis, it's just going to disappear. He just knows no accounting of it, and he doesn't like carrying money in his pocket anyhow. So we went there, and I did that. It was myself, uh, Lamar, uh, Cliff Gleaves was with us, uh, and the, the karate guy, Jordan, his German karate instructor. And being there and hanging out, going to nightclubs, it was great, because I loved it. I never been around Elvis out in public. And the excitement he was causing over the place we went, it really felt good. And, and naturally, all these girls chasing us, that even felt better. Did you get any cast-offs? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, I did. did yes, you? we did, yeah. Because after the shows, we'd go to Lido's show or the Crazy Horse and Moulin Rouge, and we'd go <clears> backstage <throat> and talk to everybody, and we'd invite all the girls out mm. to have a drink after. And what went on from there is mm. normal, anyway. Is <laughs> it like, basically, the Midas touch, if you anything to do with Elvis, you could just... Well, I mean, yeah up to a certain point, you know, I mean, you can't be just an idiot, and, you yeah. know, but, you know, and you treat people right, and, you know, you treat the ladies right, and give them a lot of respect, and it's like anything, mm -hmm. you know, whatever happens develops and doesn't, if it doesn't, doesn't. I interviewed Garth Brooks a few years Did ago, you really? and he said that anyone who fell out of line with him or slept with any of his groupies or whatever, 
he just sacked them on the spot. Was Elvis like that? Was no. he very disciplined and very aware of what you were up to? He, he's aware of a bunch of guys, mm. and there's a bunch of beautiful women around. I mm. mean, Elvis would never ever date a married woman himself, personally. He would never date a married woman. But, but hey, listen, that's up to you and the girl. You know, I mean, it's not like we ever said, hey, you want to meet Elvis, we've got to have sex. Mm. Nobody ever did that. Mm. That would definitely be fire. I mean, we weren't that dumb. I mean, you know, not, you know, they were all just laying there around waiting for us. But, you know, if they liked you as a person, they had a good time, and, you know, it, it happened. What was the point where you became his real friend? I think as time went on, we became very, very close. Uh, I got married in 1962. and uh, Before yeah. him? Oh, before him. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. met my wife in Las Vegas. She was Miss Missouri, Missouri Vers Contest. Martha. No, no. Oh. Joan. Okay. My, my first marriage, yeah, this right. is my second right. My first wife, Joan. Right. And uh, he liked her a lot, and they got along great. And uh, her and Priscilla, when Priscilla came in to the picture, uh, my wife, Joan, and Priscilla got, became very right. close. A little by over the years, you know, we did everything together. We went on vacation together. We worked together. We played together. We had our birthday parties together. We had Christmas together, Easter. So little by little, we became very close. No two ways about it. And then it just grew and it grew and it grew. Like I say, he treated me great. Uh, I was in charge of all the guys. Uh, he paid me a decent salary. And if I had a problem, I'd go up and say, listen, Elvis, I need to get away for a while. The pressure's getting to me because you're on call 24 hours a day. I say, go, take off for two weeks. And get out of here. Because he, he understood day, that. Didn't he? Huh? I bet he phoned you every day. Oh, yeah, you? well, a couple of times. Yeah, in fact, I came yeah. here. To Europe, my wife Joan and I, I said, I get away. And I didn't tell everybody what it was going to be. Mm. But they found me. Mm. That, about 3 o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. It's Elvis on the phone. I said, How the hell did you find me? Mm. Apparently, at that time, they, they, found, they called wherever you registered passport when you come in, you had to put the hotel you stayed at. Mm. They tracked me down that way, and they called the hotel and found me. He wanted me to find a Mercedes for him. I was here in Germany. I mean, in England, but I was going to Germany. And he said, uh, Pick me up. I want this model Mercedes. I said, Elvis, I'm not going to Stuttgart, wherever it was at the time. He said, I'm on vacation. You told me I can get away. I don't want to go look for a car for you. Ah, you're right. Go ahead for you. Don't worry about it. So I didn't do it. Before you joined the Army, what did you think you'd be doing for a career? I had no idea where I was going to go with my career. I didn't know what I was going to do. Did you think you'd stay in the Army? For no, I would not stay in the Army. Two years, that was it. Yeah. I just, my two years in the Army, I, I could not do that. So it was a real gift just, from God. Yeah, it's just... It just yeah. meant to be, I guess, mm. because, like I say, when I mean, the odds of me meeting mm. Elvis and working for him mm. and being with him for 17 years after that was pretty amazing. Were you worried that girls were after you because they were after Elvis? Oh, sure. You know that. Mm. You absolutely know that. Hey, just like Elvis, mm. girls, Elvis, this was one of the things that bothered him later in life. Mm. Can I find somebody who loves me for myself mm. or that's because of my name, Elvis Presley? Well, let's face it, the first attraction they get is because mm. it's Elvis Presley. I mean, he even though he's a charming man, uh, a very nice person, but that's that's a problem. Mm. Yeah, how do you ever know what they really want? You do, or the name and the fame? Do, do you think Priscilla was a good idea for him? Yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. But the biggest problem with but his relationships and women is that Elvis could never had just one woman. No way, ever. I don't care if he got married a hundred times. He would never be devoted to one woman. He loved women too much. But see, that goes against all his religious principles. You're absolutely right. So he must have really struggled with that emotion. He did. He did. See, I think it's because he was so close to his mother. He relied on his mother more than anything in his life. And mm -hmm. She died at a very early age. Yeah, yeah. And he related more with women because he didn't hang around. He didn't have any, arm, any buddies when he was a young kid. Because he was always the strange kid. They didn't want him around. So he had a tough time as far as other guys goes. But girls liked him. And he relates close to more with women. And in those days, back in the 60s and 70s, men were macho. They didn't talk about problems. They, they were tough and they never cried or anything like that. But yet he could talk to women more intimately than he could with guys. I have a feeling that the first time we, uh, the public, saw him perform after the Army was the 68 special. Was that right? In his leathers and in the. You didn't see the, the Frank Sinatra special he did? Oh, right. When he right. first came out in I've 1960? Seen one, I've seen a video of one song yeah. he did with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, the, yeah, that was the first actual. Right. That was the first time you saw him perform. I saw that was the first time I saw him live right. at the Sinatra. But the first time I saw him perform on stage, not on television, he did a charity show in 1961 in Memphis to raise money, some charity organization. And I remember um, some big old comedian or something. 
was was the MC of the show. But that was the first time I saw him put on a show in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. I was very excited for him because I saw the reaction of the audience. But did you get it then? Did you no. understand? Were you, that, you thought he was that good or not? Well, I thought he was great. Mm. But I didn't see him the way those people see him. You know, I can't tell how a girl sees him. I know, mm. I mean, they're crying and screaming and yelling. I mean, I'm not that type of guy that would ever mm. do that. Most of the time it's girls doing it, not guys. Mm. So I couldn't understand it, but I was thrilled. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was fun to mm. watch, and it was a lot mm. of fun watching the show. And you could see how much he enjoyed it mm. to be on stage and doing that. And then over the years, you know, and, and I could see him. When he walked on that stage, if he was depressed or, or something was bugging him, the minute he walked on that stage and the crowd went crazy, he was just in heaven. Switched on. Mm. Oh, it was just like all that love from 20,000 people aimed at one man. That's got to be pretty pretty awesome. I mean, I would don't, don't know that feeling, but I've been on stage a couple times and just the reaction from the people, it's pretty mm. pretty awesome. And, uh, I must go back to the wedding a minute, yes. if you don't mind. Um, when you, you you were best man for Elvis and Priscilla, he was the most you know wanted man on the earth at that point. Did you kind of feel like, blimey, I am best man to Elvis Presley? Well, you, you have to pinch yourself. Of course, yes. Mm. Uh, not only that, because he had people that were with him that were longer than I was, you know, mm. and a lot of people got their feelings hurt because of that too. I mean, but it didn't affect me until later on when mm. I realized it. Is that I was just thrilled to death that he even asked me to be a co-best man his wedding. So then over the years, that's one of my highlights of my life, that mm. here's this man that asked me to be co-best man at his wedding, and uh, I felt very honored, very honored. Did you also feel that you would be with him forevermore? From oh, yeah. You did? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about doing things in the future after we stopped making the movies about he wanted to become a director. He wanted to have control of a movie where he could... Uh, you know, he, he liked action movies and comedies, and he felt that he had good comedy routines in his mind that he could direct somebody good to do it. And then uh, action movies, he always liked action movies, the Clint Eastwood movies, the Dirty Harrys, the tough movies. And those are things he wanted to do in the future when he, you know, slowed down a little bit, but Did he ever never got that far. No. Did he ever encourage you to perform, to sing? No, I can't sing a note. Right. I'm the worst. I love music. I just can't sing, and it's the only Italian in the world that can't sing, and I hate being in front of a camera. I'm mm. a behind-the-camera person, mm. right. and I've done a few parts of some of his movies because I was there, and they needed somebody to do something, <clears throat> but I would never have gone that way in the direction of a career. Mine would always be behind the scenes. Mm. Perhaps that's another reason why you know, he, he liked you around, because you weren't trying to be... I always try to, yeah, I try to keep out of the mm. camera, even on still pictures. We used to go places. I tried to get out of the shot because mm. I didn't want to be in the shot. You take a picture of him, not me. One of the many reasons he was uh, legendary was his generosity. Oh. Was he, what sort of generosity did he show to you over the years? Well, first of all, the most generosity was his friendship. That's yeah. for sure. That's, you never forget that. But he was always there for you. If you needed something, if you heard you needed something, he made sure he got it for you. Mm. Uh, he was very generous as far as cars. He bought himself a car. He'd buy a car for all the guys. Uh, he'd go out and buy jewelry for himself. Hey, you want this ring? Here, I'll give you this ring. And he loved giving things to people that knowing those people cannot afford to get these things. Or it just made him feel good to see the reaction on people's faces. Total strangers or a girl he dated and she was just didn't have any money. Go out and buy her a car. Joe will get a car. Show up at the front of the house with it and I'll walk her outside. And he loved to see those kinds of reactions on people. And he just thought money was... His, the money was his, he could do what he with it, but he wanted to enjoy it with his friends too. Yeah. It was, it was good and bad. You know, it's a good and bad situation because he did blow a lot of money mm -hmm. too. But uh, he said, hey, it's mine, I'll do what the hell I want with it. I said, You're right, it's your money, I can't stop you. So, what was the sort of count for you? How many cars, how many houses? Oh man, I get a new car about every couple of years. Really? And, you know, and. Uh, you buy you a house? Bought me a down payment on a house. Really? And the funny story about that is he came by the house and was. My wife, Joan, and I had a, my daughter, Debbie, was about three years old at that time. And uh, he, was, he was the godfather to my daughter, Debbie, when she was baptized. So he came by the house one. I hear Priscilla and Jerry Schilling was with him. He knocked on the door. He said, hey, what are you guys doing? I said, nothing. I said, come on in. He said, where's Joan? He said, she's in the shower. He said, go tell her to come out. I said, can you wait until she finishes the shower? Yeah, but he says, go tell her to come out when she can't. Fast. So I go in and I said, Elvis, Priscilla, here. Remember? So she comes out. He said, listen, you guys need a house. I said, what? He 
I said, yeah, I want to buy you a house. I'm going to give a down payment for a house. I said, Elvis, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. She yeah, I got a I got a real estate lady outside waiting for us. I said, go get ready. Come on, let's go. I said, okay. I said, Joan, get ready. So, oh, my God. So we went out, and we took us around uh, this couple of neighborhoods. In Memphis? No, no, Los Angeles. I, I, I was living in Los Angeles. I yeah. like Los Angeles better than Memphis. Right. So uh, we go around in a couple of neighborhoods, and he showed me this one house. We went and looked at it, and come out. He said, what do you think? So I said, nah, that's not right for me. And then we go find another one. And then we find this one nice little house, a nice little neighborhood. He said, Joe, he said, what do you think of this house? You know, the people that, first of all, we walked into the house. The people were there that owned the house. Mm. They kept saying, who, you know, who's, they didn't know Elvis. Mm. They know who, somebody, which was pretty weird. Oh, the woman says, well, you can't go back to the master bedroom because my husband just had surgery uh, just the other day and he has some cancer. And, we don't want to disturb him. Elvis said, oh, it's okay to me. We'll go in and see. I'll go talk to him. So Elvis goes in and talks to the guy. But the guy recognized the guy. The guy couldn't believe it, you know. Mm -hmm. So he's back there talking to the man. I hope you get better and all that stuff. And, and I, he said, it's okay if I come and see how. So I, I come back there. Shows us the master bedroom. Comes out. We go outside. And Elvis says, you know, what do you think, Joan? Do you, do you like the house? He says, yeah, it's a very nice house, you know. Perfect just for a small family. And he said, what do you want? And I says, yeah, he says, I'd like it, Elvis, but the problem is I probably couldn't afford the payments on the house mm. because you give me a down payment, which is wonderful. Mm. I couldn't afford a down payment. Mm. I said, but I can't afford to buy this house. Mm. He says, I'll give you a raise to make up the difference for the house payments. Wow. Maybe okay. you know what money you've got earning from Me? Yeah. Well, uh, I, at that time, <clears throat> probably about, at that time, about $400 a week at that time, which was pretty decent mm -hmm. in the retirement of the 60s. Mm -hmm. But when he passed away, I was making $1,000 a week. Right. But you got to remember one thing, when you worked for Elvis, he paid for everything, every place we went. So he didn't need the money, really? No, he didn't yeah. pay for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, he paid for everything. Mm -hmm. Like I say, you get a car, you get a bonus after every tour. We did tours once a month, so you get a nice bonus after every tour. It's always reported that he fell out with everybody around him. Did he fall out with you? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a big disagreement one time. I left for four months. Yeah, we had a big fight. But it's natural when you're around together all the time. It's just like you're around your wife. You have a fight with your wife. It's like when you have with your brother. When you're raised with him, you have a fight with mm -hmm. your brother. You have disagreements. We're only human. We had a big disagreement one time. But I got back together with him mm -hmm. four months later, and everything was fine. You know, it's, you don't even talk about it again after mm -hmm. that. Got fired many times. Mm -hmm. pissed off me. Mm -hmm. You're fired. All you guys mm -hmm. are fired. All get out of here. And we all left to come back two hours later. What are we doing tonight? Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's just at that time. Mm. Yeah. Well, the British press are always full of uh, Elvis being very jealous of the Beatles, and particularly John Lennon. What, what was the of truth? Of course, about the that? papers. That's not true at all. Before the Beatles came to the United States, we were getting letters that Ringo was going to kill Elvis. There's this group in England, the mm. Beatles, and that there's one guy in the group that hated Elvis. It was Ringo, the drummer, and he made a couple statements that when he gets to the United States, he's going to kill him. Now we were getting letters like this. For people and all the fans that heard about the fans said, "Don't let the Beatles in." So, so but, you know, we don't believe that stuff. You can't be here. So, Elvis was a big fan of the Beatles. He liked their music. He thought they were great. Mm. You know, when they came and we met together, and it was super. So there's nothing against. He just didn't care for the music during the psychedelic era. Mm. You know, he that music was just weird to him. Mm. It was too way out for him. But as far as all the other songs, hey. So these rumors about him trying to get John Lennon deported and stuff were... Oh, that's, that's the newspaper stuff. That's a rumor. Right. It's just strictly somebody trying to create some story, a bizarre story. No, no way. He would ever do that. Now, lots of people over the years have claimed to be his friend. Obviously, we know you oh, very much yeah. as closest. I mean, yeah. who were his real friends among the other artists? Among the other artists, uh, I consider Tom Jones a good friend. Because mm -hmm. Tom, uh, Elvis liked Tom a lot. I love the way he sang and it was very emotional. And, we hung out a few times in Vegas and Hawaii. Tom was there, went to see the show. Tom came out to the house to visit. There's a lot of pictures of Elvis Tom together. Sammy Davis Jr. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sammy was mm -hmm. the best. And Elvis loved Sammy Davis. And we hung out with him in Vegas many times. But Elvis didn't hang out with too many stars, mm -hmm. per se. He more or less just hung out with just ordinary people. Mm -hmm. His friends and people more in that area. He didn't hang out with multi-millionaire, big shots, mm -hmm. big parties, wild parties. Never. And Hollywood parties, he's never gone to Hollywood parties. He felt more comfortable around just regular people. But you see, you had you always had your feet very firmly on the ground, and yet he hired some bad guys too. Oh, yes. Were you 
did you ever try and tell him that Elvis, you can't get this person with us? It's, it, it's a tough thing to do because Elvis was not a good judge of character. I was a street smart kid. I was raised on the streets of Chicago. So you have a tendency to learn about people more mm. than the guy that's not around people. Mm. So he was, you know, they were nice to him. So he, he looked at, hey, these are nice mm. people. But everyone but, was nice to Elvis. They of course, but, but he didn't realize they were yeah, nice to him because yeah. they want something out of him. Mm. That's the difference. And we could see that, but it was very hard for me to go in to say something to him, you know, because he may like this person and feel like it's none of my damn business or something. So there was a tough situation. A couple of times I had to fire people after he hired them because he realized that they, they shouldn't have been around, but he would never fire them. He'd have somebody else do it. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't do that. But overall, you know, there's some really, really good and diehard loyal fans and friends, I mean, friends of his today. And like I said earlier, there's a lot of disappointing friends, the so-called mm -hmm. friends, that if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be, nobody even knew who they are. Mm -hmm. And they just were upset that they weren't in the will when he died, which is a horrible thing to even think about. Nobody thought he would die at 42. So they were very uh, jealous that it ended too quick for them, I guess, mm -hmm. but not realizing the sad part is he's gone. You were talking earlier about how he wasn't able to fire people himself, he didn't right. have it in him. I mean, the picture that's been painted of him since he died particularly is a, almost like a little boy who just couldn't do things for himself. Is that because people did it all for him? Or because uh, he simply never grew up? He ne Elvis never grew up. He, he, was ne he never had a, child, a, a good childhood life. He never was a boy when he was a kid. His mother protected him way too much because, as you remember, he was born with a twin brother that no, died at Jesse, birth, yeah. and then she could not have any kids after that because she knew that was her one and only son. Mm. So she really overly protected him. So he did not have a lot of male friends. And he never had a good childhood. I mean, they were poor, they had nothing. So once he became famous, he had money, he was a big kid. That's when mm. he used to rent the fairgrounds. He used to take us to roller skating, roller rinks, go to movies all night and do crazy little things that you would say, that's childish. Mm. But that was fine. That's what Elvis wanted to do. He didn't do it as a kid. So, yes, he always was. And anybody, any girl that were dating will tell you. He's like a big kid, and they loved him. How aware was he of how huge he was throughout the world? Elvis was not, not aware at all that he was as big as he was. Even we weren't. After being around all the time, you don't see it from the outside, you see it from the inside. And I don't think he had any idea the impression he made on the world when he came along. He just thought he was just another singer. What's the most extreme form of fan worship of him you ever saw? Other than mass hysteria, I'm sort of an in, in individual yeah. case. Uh, I don't know. I mean, mass hysteria, people just crying when they meet him, just bust out into tears. That they're so excited to meet him. They can't believe that they're really meeting their idol, Elvis Presley. Yeah. And the biggest, naturally, the biggest thing was when he passed away. When 50,000 yeah. people show up to yeah. his funeral. Mm -hmm. That was even beyond our belief. We never expected that. So that really showed the impact from people from around the world made it to that, to say goodbye to him. And then when they, we had the open casket viewing, it was only supposed to be two hours long, and it ended up six hours, and we had a hard time stopping it then. And the reaction, we sat there and watched those kids, they walked through, it was just, moving. just, just fainting and crying, and just can't believe that he's gone. The, the big thing that people in the UK always want to know is why didn't he come here to perform? Yeah, that's a sad situation. He didn't go any place to perform out of the country. And uh, it was probably partially, partially, because he hated to perform, perform outdoors. He only performed outdoors in 1956 in Canada, outdoor stadiums. Mm -hmm. And he hated that because the kids could not hear him. We've got some indoor stadiums here. What was his problem? No, no, not then they did. Wait a minute. No, no, not in the 70s. Then they did. They built the indoor Wimbledon Stadium. Yeah. But that was in the latter middle 70s mm -hmm. wasn't built till. Wembley, Wembley, you mean. Wembley, yeah. Wembley yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Chicago, I can't spell this, but <laughs> say it right. Anyway, there was talk about a conscious West, Jerry Weintraub and Tom Hewlett went to the Colonel about doing a show here, but not leaving England. Stay here and do 30 shows. Mm. So Germany and all the other countries could come here and see a mm. show. And that was the big plan. But even before that, Colonel was concerned about bringing him here because of he was taking the prescription drugs, mm. and he was not in good shape. He was concerned if we got here that he might be busted for all those mm. drugs and stuff like that he had with him. So till he got his act cleaned up, he didn't want to bring him here. It had nothing to do with Colonel not having a passport to come here.
Now the other big thing, and I hope you don't mind me yeah, asking you this, but that all of you know you were close friends of his, and yet we know he got into these bad drugs right. and this bad diet and everything else. Right. Why didn't you stop him? Very simple. He couldn't stop. No way he could stop. Why not? Because he's 42 years old. You cannot tell him what to do. He's very hard-headed, very stubborn. We all talked to him. Every one of us talked to him in groups, individually. His doctors talked to him. Everybody talked to his father. It's just that he would sit there and say, hey, listen, I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clean my act up. But that was just delaying action, you know, just to get rid of you. And that sometimes he could roll mad at you. He said, damn it, don't tell me what to do. He says, I'm a grown man. I'll do what the hell I want to do. And if you don't like it, there's the door. So when you think about it, how can you stop anybody from doing drinking, alcohol, drugs, gambling, if they don't want to do it themselves? Here's a good point. I remember asking Ray Manzarek about um, mm -hmm. Jim Morrison, and right. he basically said that Jim Morrison's self-abuse was to hide the pain. Do you feel that Elvis was sort of like hiding the sort of the pressure about him? All yes, the time? he was. That's right. why he went into it in a big way. Yes, get depressed and comfort take a pill and feel better. Yeah, and comfort food. Comfort food yeah. is a lot of people when they're depressed they eat. Yeah, yeah. That on top of that, and the pills are not making you slow your system mm -hmm. down. It's horrible health, bad health for you. I mean, plus he was a junk eater anyhow. But, you know, you cannot, one of the guys made the statement, which I'm not thrilled about him, but he made the perfect statement. How can you protect a 42-year-old man from himself? Mm. He has to be the one to say, hey, what am I doing mm. to myself? And we were all hoping for that day. He'd wake up and mm. say, hey, look at myself in the mirror. What am I doing to myself? And do it. And I know if he'd, he would have got up and saw that in the, in the mirror, that he could have done it if he wanted to. Marks out of ten, how happy was Elvis, do you think? Uh, depends what time, when, when it was right. in his life. Right. The latter part of his life. I mean, I tell you, we went on vacation in March of 77, went to Hawaii, had a great time. Out at the beach, playing, having, it was fabulous. He was mm -hmm. a good mood. I took a lot of great pictures of that vacation, and you could see him. He's having a mm -hmm. good time. And we thought, hey, this is the road to recovery. Mm -hmm. Came back home for a little while, and all of a sudden he started doing it again. Why? He didn't tell us. Did you ever suspect he would have an early death? No. Did he never. ever suspect he would? I don't think so. I don't think so. He was planning for other things in life, and he would never do it. He would never, he likes some people say he committed suicide. He would never kill himself. Mm -hmm. First, he would not do it in the bathroom, that's for sure. You know, he would never leave Lisa. I think his heart just said, hey, that's enough. I can't take it anymore. When people die, people, uh, friends around, friends and family feel guilty and everything else. When he died, did you, it was particularly because you were actually the one who was there at the time. Did you go through a phase where you felt very guilty that you couldn't do anything for it? Of course, yes. That's natural. We all think, yeah, oh, if we could have only done this, or if we should have tried harder. Uh, we, uh, you know, we should have just, you know, all got together and say, hey, either do this or we're going to keep a lock, something. Mm. But it's easy for to say after it's done. How many years did it take you to get over it? Oh, a long time. Uh, I didn't even know he was gone the first three months, to tell you the truth. I sort of blocked it out that he died. Mm. I just thought I was away between tours. Mm. And then I woke up one day and realized I'm never going to see him ever again. Mm. And that depressed me for about three months. It took me about seven or eight months to realize that he really was gone. Mm. Am I right in remembering that when he died, his body was stolen? No, they tried to steal it. They tried to steal it. When we put him at the mausoleum at, at the cemetery by, mm. by his mother, there was a group of guys that tried to steal the body, and they, they assumed they were trying to do it for ransom. You know, it's a sick nerve, isn't it? yes, but they didn't they didn't get away with it. Mm. They were they were they ran off, so that's why he ended up in Graceland, and that's why the state the city gave him permission because you catch his burial yeah. something in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made an exception for him because of who he was, mm. so they moved him and his mother too over there. Mm. They made the memorial garden there. Because, you know, he was in danger of somebody doing something to him or mm. kidnapping or who knows what. Yeah, there's, there's some sick people out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, do you think he, wanted, he would have wanted Graceland to be made into a museum to him? I don't know if he would have wanted to, but I, I, I see him not, not minding at all because all his fans want to know about him. And this way they have the opportunity to see everything he owned, what he'd done, this is his house. That, he, was, he was big, big. He loved his fans. Elvis thought his fans were the best in the world, and they still are today, because he knew they put him there. He was not one of those guys who went outside autographs. Mm. Those were his fans, and he, and he was there for them all the time. Did you ever live at Graceland? Oh, yes. First, when I first went to work, I lived at Graceland. Right. I lived at Graceland for about 
four years. You know, I, when we were in Hollywood, when Hollywood, I lived at his house too in Hollywood too before right. I got married. So wherever he was, I lived. But then after I got married and I had a kid, I didn't want to live around all that all the time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to raise my wife and my son, my daughter, my daughter rather at that mm -hmm. time. And how many times do you go back to Graceland? Not too often anymore. How many often? How, how many times since 1977? Probably about six or seven times. Really? Is that all? For the 20th anniversary, and then I've done some some things there for press or for Graceland. Otherwise, I, I, I have great memories there, but I also have sad memories there that last day. So uh, it's tough, and I don't have to go back there for anything. Does Elvis it hurt? Is there, but, oh, at times, sometimes, because mm. I, I picture certain things and mm. remember out by the pool and parties and mm. smiling and racquetball and all that stuff. So it bothers me. So I, I really don't go back too often. What do you think of the way they've done uh, um, Graceland and also all the shops opposite? Well, well I think they've done a great job. A great job as far as the tour, the exhibits, the the, the, the car museum, the, the planes there. Mm -hmm. I think they did a great job. I think it's a very well-run organization. I'm yeah. very impressed. Is there any part of it that you don't like? No, no. The way the shops and the way they got it organized. No, it's very good, and they haven't opened the top floor yet, so I'm I'm happy about that. Because that's a private area. You know. Yeah. Do you, do you think they will open that up? Is I don't know. I mean, I hope they don't. I mean, keep it a mystery. That keeps the interest going. You know, and I think, uh, you know, that was his private area, and he was a private man to a certain point. Mm. So I think if it was me, if it was up to my decision, no, I'd never open it up. How satisfied are you to the ex the extent to which he is sort of remembered and so on? Do you think that enough has been done, or? Oh, I, I think it's, you know, I, it's gotten better in the last five or ten years. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was all drugs, <coughs> alcohol, diet, I mean, not, it was drug addicts and all this other stuff. And I think after time went on, the newspapers and stories in the 20th anniversary, they all started talking about the positive part of Elvis. Mm -hmm. He made people happy. He sang songs, and people still love to hear his music. Let's, let's remember him that way, not the way he, he, you know, he died. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel good about that, and there's been more and more of that going on. And uh, that makes you feel good. But all those books that came out, oh. especially from people who supposedly were friends with right. how much did that hurt you? Hurt me tremendously. A lot of people just saying they were friends. They knew him. They were with him. They, they hung out with him. There's people out there who never even met him. Claims, you know, a psychic that said he was a psychic for 17 years. I never met the guy. How could he be a psychic? Mm. Uh, guys that said uh, Elvis was talking to him privately and he hated all the guys that he had. He was an investigator and he got all these letters that Elvis wrote him, and they're not, Elvis never wrote him a letter. Mm. People believe in this still. The guy who's on CNN, mm. not CNN, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. You think these stations and these people, check, are, yeah. uh, you know, write big publishing deals or something, check the guy mm. out. And I still get stuff going in inquiries. I got a call last week from the FBI in Las Vegas. And they called me and said, Joe, we were told to call you. He says, there's a guy claiming to make a lot of applications for jobs in some of the hotels and security. He was Elvis, one of Elvis' bodyguards for 17 years. I said, well, what's his name? I, I never heard the guy's mm -hmm. name in my life. He said, well, yeah, well, some other people said the same thing. They didn't think it was him. I said, well, no, it's not him. He said, okay, because he's been doing some bad things around town. We want to make sure we'll be able to, if we need you, we'll let you know. I said, yeah, anything you need, let me know. I mean, how people don't think somebody's ever going to check or not going to ask somebody. And, and that bothers me. That mm -hmm. really bugs me. What about the Elvis impersonators and things like that, and the people that claim he's still alive and working in Burger King and stuff? Well, the people that claim he's still alive, they have a reason for it. Either it makes them famous or they feel cool that they think they saw Elvis. Elvis died. He died. He's been gone 25 years. But he was one of your closest friends, if not the most closest. I mean, he was. That closest must hurt like hell if that happened to one of my It does. Friends. You know what it hurts more than anything? It hurts that he gives these people, fans, some fans really want to believe it. And it gives them a hope that he's still alive. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, Joe, come on, tell him, you know, he's still alive. Will you please let him know that we all still love him? I said, you pray to him, man. That's the only way he's going to know because I can't tell him he's gone. He's not here. He died. He could never, ever leave the public. He could never leave seeing mm -hmm. his, his daughter and stop singing ever. No mm -hmm. way. He loved to sing. You know, and he's going to be living in Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. come on. Then they say, well, yeah, I guess you're right, and, yeah. But it, it's sick that people try to make those stories up. You know, it's, it's horrible. I, I think it hurts people tremendously. It doesn't bother me too much. Have you ever had a moment where you feel maybe he is still alive? And no, never. I was never. there. Right. No way. Is there any successor to him, do you feel, there's ever been anyone who matched him for talent? and? Not for overall. 
I mean, Elvis was a great singer, and he could sing anything. And he sang from the heart, not just because of the words on a piece of paper. He sang with feeling. He had a charisma that nobody else will ever have, I don't think. He had looks at a time in his life that were just unbelievable, and you can ask anybody. It's just something about this man. No, I don't think so. Uh, the Beatles were the closest thing as far as being a big star to Elvis. Okay? And since then, who's come along and done that? Michael mm-hmm. Jackson? Michael is okay. He's great talent. But other than that, what else do he have? He doesn't have that same charisma. He doesn't have the personality. And no, I, I, I don't think there'll ever be another one. Uh, maybe it's because of the, of the communication <clears throat> and, the, and the, the coverage you can get nowadays when somebody happens. You know, in the old days, you got so much coverage. And it depends on the handle, too. Mm-hmm. Most people get so overexposed, they don't want to hear about them anymore. But Elvis was handled real good. Colonel made sure he was not overexposed on television shows, talk shows. You couldn't get to him very few interviews. Cause it's nice like, to hear someone talk nicely about the Colonel. Well, no, let's face it. Elvis and the Colonel were a team. And if nobody could have handled Elvis Presley like Colonel Parker did. Did you like the Colonel? I liked it very much Didn't so. He's a tough businessman, right. but he was a great individual. Right. Very it? considerate of people, nice. very nice. nice. He was charitable, loved people, gave money, didn't advertise it. Mm. But when he had business, it was business. Mm. Separated from, from, from friendship. Could and him cl- and I have very good friends. Could you clear up this rumor? Did Elvis wear a wig or not? Because no. that's what they claimed. In his later years, doing those <laughs> Las Vegas shows, he had a hairpiece. He bought a wig. Somebody right. bought him a wig. And I forgot. But he never wore it on stage. Right. It was just like if he wanted to go someplace and he wanted to wash your time, just put through a wig oh, on the disguise wings. wig. Disguise right. wig. That's it. He's talking about that wig that Jerry had that, that Sal, the barber, had made for him. But he did not wear it that often. Never wore it. Right. He couldn't wear it on stage. No way. Right. And did you stay friends? Have you stayed friends with Priscilla and Lisa Marie? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I talked to Priscilla just last week before he came here. Right. What's she up to at the moment? She has her own little thing going with the perfume in Europe, I oh, guess. Yeah. Their perfume. And, uh, you know, she's looking for little parts of movies, but she's raising her son. Mm. Her son, Navarone, is 15 years old, yeah. one, one year younger than my son. And uh, she more or less is really taking care of him. And then Lisa is now took over the estate. And, uh, you know, she has her two kids, and she's raising, uh, helping the business. But we've all worried. I don't see Lisa that much. We've all worried about her. I mean, Of course. You know, I mean, she's done some strange things. Like Michael Jackson. Right, right. How did he feel about that? Uh, uh, I, don't, I didn't believe it at first. I don't know why. I have no reason. I, I can't even talk about it because I don't know why. What I do don't mean? know the reason why she married Michael oh, right. Jackson. So, you, you know, Elvis Presley is so unique and you just don't have an experience like that. So I suppose he's about the only other person who could possibly associate with right, that kind right. of experience. Another you know big superstar, yeah, true. Did you ever I speak to her and try and talk her out of it? Or no, 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 no. I, I, was, I would never <clears> do that with her because I mean, she has a life of her own. And, you know, she's a grown person. I mean, the only person who could do that would be her mother mm. or her close friends. I'm not that close to her. And my daughter, Cindy, and her still stay friends because they were raised together. But no, no, I think she's a little, a little stubborn like her dad, too. Right, yeah. right. And, and tell us, uh, did you, what did you think would happen to you once um, Elvis had died? What did you think you were going to do? I never thought Elvis would die, and that's the yeah. thing about it. But, once but he when, he, that, when he did pass away, I didn't know what I was going to do because it was so abrupt that I never, my life was dedicated to him for 17 and a half years, and that was a big part of my life, you know. Yeah. Uh, so what, I don't know. I had no idea, but thank God there was a couple of people that I was friends with, uh, Jerry Weintraub, I remember at the funeral after mm-hmm. Elvis was buried, and Kurt Jerry left, and he said, uh, Joe, he says, you know, uh, whenever you're ready, if you need to work, let me know. And he was managing a lot of people at the time. Mm-hmm. So I did. After I, I stayed with the estate for about nine months after I was passed away, and uh, then I went to work for him. And mm. I, then I met with the Bee Gees and did a tour with them in '79. And, and John Denver, 1980. Carpenters, 1981. Mm. Then Michael Jackson, '85. I didn't go on the road with them. I was helping his manager, Frank DeLeo, was a good friend of mine, and he asked me to be, come on as a tour manager. And I came on board and was heading, helped setting the tour up. Dare I say, early death seemed to follow you around. I know. Hey, I know. Everybody said the same thing. Do you think they jinxed you some way? No, no. Uh, Karen had anorexia before me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's what really killed her. Mm -hmm. I mean, we became very close friends. I tried to help her tremendously. We became very close. And then John was an accident in the plane. He loved airplanes. And uh, he was a great guy. Loved his music. Oh, loved planes. It was a shame. I guess if he did die, that's the way to go. And... uh, 
you know, it was just weird. And Michael, strange kid, strange guy. You know, he wanted to know about Elvis a lot, which I understand. He was a big right. Elvis fan, too. Do you think that's why he hired you? Uh, probably part of it. Trust. But his manager, uh, uh, Frank DeLeo, and Michael knew who I was. And mm. uh, so at least they knew I'd do a good job. Mm. So. so where do you live now? I live in Sacramento, California. Oh, Sacramento. Actually, El Dorado Hills, California, but right. near Sacramento. With Martha. My, my wife, Martha, and, and my 16-year-old son, Anthony. Right, and how many children have you got all together? Uh, three, three, uh, three girls. My two girls from Joni. Right. Uh, Debbie is thirty-nine. My Cindy is thirty-five. Uh, Debbie lives in Seattle. We have one granddaughter with her, mm. and I have two grand boys with my daughter Cindy down in L.A. And do you have much Elvis memorabilia in your home? You know, I had a lot of it, and I gave a lot of it away over the years. When I first, or after he passed away, mm. I gave it to charity and. I gave it to people, and just, Did I didn't expect, right never expected. <laughs> right, damn right I did. I could have retired with that. But I didn't know at the time. I have some things left, a champagne bottle from the wedding that Elvis signed, Mr. and Mrs. Elvis Presley. I don't, five minutes after I got married, and Priscilla signed first time ever, Mrs. Priscilla Presley. I got that, and I have my TCB, my necklace, oh, which yeah, I forgot to bring. Business, yeah. I have that one. Uh, that was one of the very first ones made, and I had this watch you gave me 41 years ago have you got on a my birthday. house? Have you, got, are you really... Uh, well, you, you know, saved I, them with a bit of money. I, I didn't say I gambled too much. I was playing Vegas too much. I like to play cards. I left a lot of money there, but I have a decent house out of, out mm. of the city. It's a great place where we live. Great neighborhood, and it's a great place mm. to raise my son. I wanted to raise him out of mm. L.A. And uh, my wife's a photographer, a children's photographer. She's been an actress and a model in New York. I met her, and uh, do that part of my life is very good. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? Do documentaries. Right. I'm going to do a documentary on George Barris, Custom Car King, next year. Right. Made all the cars for all the movies, right. yeah. Monster, right. and all the stars made for right. Elvis, the Beatles, everybody right. made cars for him. Mm-hmm. I want to do one, he's a friend of mine. And I just put out a video scrapbook coming out this July. Universal Pictures is distributing it. It's a DVD or a video. It's my pictures of Elvis oh, over the years, and I'm talking about my life with him yeah. for two hours. And uh, that's going to be fun. I mean, I hope the fans like it. Uh, that comes out in July, so I'm going to promote that a lot this year. You said earlier that Elvis uh, often asked himself, why was he chosen? Well, you must ask that yourself. You know, we do, but there's no answer for it. That's right. why I was always reading books about uh, the unknown. Uh, mm. He was very much into really different religions and uh, always questioning why he was picked. But I'm asking you why you think he was I have no idea. I think God just said, uh, I want to give this guy all this great talent and charisma. I mean, there's always... Uh, you know, exceptional people that we never know why they are who they are and who makes them that. But uh, I, I think it's definitely a God gift to Elvis. Mm. I definitely think so. Well, I think he was lucky to know you. I think well, yeah. I was very lucky to know him. He made mm. me part of history. How do you feel that whatever you do, you'll always be associated with him? Fine. I have no mm. problems. He was my friend, and mm. uh, if I, I could be associated with somebody a lot worse than him. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's true. So, uh, Finally, how would you like people to remember Elvis? Just remember Elvis for his music and the big smile on his face, and he only hurt himself and nobody else. He didn't hurt everybody else out there. Lovely. Thank, Thank you very much. My, my pleasure. pleasure.